So let's listen to the story. We heard it as you were the participants in the Gospel of John. Now let's hear it briefly from the Gospel of Matthew as I read from the 28th chapter, verses 1 through 8. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was an earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled a stone, and sat on it. His face shone like a lightning, and his clothes was white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. And now, go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead to you in Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly to, from the tomb, and they were frightened, but also filled with great joy. They rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and, and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there soon. The word of the Lord. The astounding event of the Easter morning resurrection has ripples that have made waves and have made swells throughout human history. In this resurrection season here at Lidaho, we're going to explore the idea of the ripples of the resurrection. Because as Christ rose from the dead, it was an eminent reality that the circle of the beloved was becoming wider and wider. Now, no longer it was just about those three disciples that were with him. Now, no longer it was about the 12 or the 72 that were in the upper room. Now, it was no longer about the 120. It was about the multitudes that were going to be drawn into this circle of love and grace. The good gospel, the good gospel, the good news of liberation from death through Jesus Christ is being proclaimed. What would it mean for us to continue to draw the circle wider? What would it mean for us to, in order of, of, of staying small in, in a little vision, would be to acquire the vision of the ripples, effects of grace, the ripples of peace, the ripples of reconciliation and joy? You know, the amazing thing about the resurrection is that not one person saw it happen. Did you know that? Not one person in this earth saw the resurrection happened. The guards didn't see it. The women found an empty tomb. The guards reported that the, roll, the stone was rolled away and the body wasn't there. It was a supernatural event that took place in the wee hours of the morning when no one was really aware of it. But in this supernatural event, the unique event has had reverberating since then. From the first day of the resurrection, governments, religious institutions, scholars, whether secular or philosophers or armies, and, and, and the darkness have attempted to destroy the fact of the resurrection that no one saw.
But today, we still experience the ripples, the swells, the effects of that resurrection. No one saw it, but the effects were there. The first, the first effect, the first ones who, who got drenched with the ripples were the women who came to the tomb, who were sad and grieving, and they were about to get ready to prepare the body for later internment. And yet they found an empty tomb, and they met Jesus, and they were able to talk to him, and they experienced that. How many of you have experienced that fear and joy at the same time? That trepidous, like, yeah, excited, but uh, I don't know. Did it really happen? Yes, oh, did it really? Thomas, who doubted and said, not until I put my hands in his, in his wounds and I, put, and I stick my fingers on his side will I believe. And suddenly the Lord appeared in the flesh, in the flesh to Thomas. He had no other response but to follow his knees and say, my Lord, my Savior. To which Jesus replied, blessed are you for you have seen me, but blessed are those who will believe and will not see. The resurrection, nobody saw it. But the effects of it continue throughout the ages. Saul of Tarsus, who was an executioner, who was a persecutor of the church, saw the, the ripples of the resurrection coming to him on the way to Damascus as he was knocked down from the horse and he had his own experience with Jesus. The early church, the church of the early century, I don't know if you know this, but if you were a Roman family or lived in that Roman world at that time and you had a child and that child had a defect, listen to this, parents. If you just didn't like that child for whatever reason, it was legal to put that child out in the sidewalk and leave him abandoned there. And the animals would eat it or something would happen to that child. That was common, but it was the church of Jesus Christ with the ripples of love, the ripples of resurrection, the ripples of reconciliation that would pick up those children that became one of the first ministries. The widows, women who were basically property, and once the husband died, they were just given up to that first century world, to whatever happened. Many had to commit crimes of survival. Yes, to survive, they had to do things to be able to eat. And yet the church's first, first, first crisis was about helping the widows, helping the widows. So the, 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 the undulations, the swells of the resurrection begins early. We notice these ripples of the resurrection when we see justice movements going on. We saw them in the 18th and early 19th century, or actually early 20th century, when women fought for the right to vote. Those are the ripples of equality and justice for all, as Jesus would proclaim would proclaim them. We see the movement, the ripples of the resurrection in the civil rights movement. We see the ripples of the resurrection when we feed the hungry. We see the ripples of the resurrection when the homeless are cared for. And even when you drive by and see a hospital, those are ripples, consequences of Jesus' resurrection. Hospitals in the Western world began by taking care of one another as Jesus called his disciples to love one another, care for one another. Those were the first hospitals. I remember reading a letter from a lady who wrote from Rome in the, in the second century. She is a single woman who wants to serve Christ, who wants to dedicate her life to serve the church. And in that particular community in Rome, there were two choices. You either serve the children who were orphans or you serve the widows and the elderly. But the order who worked with that, the people who worked with that in that early church in the year 300s in Rome were the widows. 
So this lady, in pushing the circle wider, she writes a letter to Jerome. Yes, the Jerome who puts the Bible, the Gospels together in the year 400. Yes, Jerome, who we call St. Jerome. He writes a letter to this guy, Jerome, who's in Ephesus, and says the following. Dear Bishop of, of Ephesus, I want to join the order of the widows, but I'm not a widow. Do I have to then get married? Do I have to then find a way to demise my husband? <laughs> so that I may be part of that circle. We don't know the reply from Jerome because we have not found that letter, sorry to tell you. But we do know that after that event, close after those years, another group of women who are called, today we call them nuns. Way back then, today we call them nuns. I remember when I used to go as a child to Presbyterian Hospital in Puerto Rico in San Juan, there were women who would wear the little veil because they were Presbyterian missionaries with a very tiny veil, very modern, very 20th century. And they were helpers, they were aides, they came from the mainland to volunteer in the hospital. The ripples of the resurrection. Many years ago, many years ago, there was a Puerto Rican student studying at Columbia Theological Seminary in Decatur. His name was Mario. The churches around here, including First Marietta, uh, Roswell, some in, in, in Decatur and other churches in the area, put together some funds to send this Puerto Rican pastor to establish a, Puerto Rican, a Presbyterian church in Puerto Rico, La Barbaran Rustler. That was my home church. Twenty-some years later, a little group of Presbyterians who was looking for a pastor calls a pink Puerto Rican from Miami to serve. <laughs> the ripples of the resurrection. See how it happens. Many years ago, Grace was studying in Presbyterian school in Kenya. Change that. And then she comes here and finds a Presbyterian church that she's welcomed, that she's now an elder. The ripples of the resurrection. The ripples of the resurrection. We see it when, when, we have, when we're planning in our congregation family classes. We see the ripples of the resurrection when this congregation sponsors an entire summer camp with professional staff to help and restore the educational stability of our children in our neighborhood. We see it when we feed the hungry, and, we, and, and not only the hungry, but also the wealthy. When we get together downstairs in our community meal, and the rich and the poor, the black and the white, the gay and the straight, we all come together to eat, to have fellowship in the one big table of the Lord. I'm sure you have experienced the ripples of the resurrection when all seems lost, when finances are down, when the health is out the door, when, where darkness seems to be winning. But yet that inner power beyond ourselves keeps us alive, keeps us moving one step at a time, one breath at a time. Those are the ripples of grace. I'm sure you have experienced the ripples of the resurrection when hope seems lost, when it's dimming and far away, when faith no longer seems to be sustaining, when lonely shadows invade your soul. But yet there is that power within us that brings that light, that reminds us of hope, that swells up with unspeakable peace. The resurrection of Christ has exploded throughout the ages, expanding the circle of those welcoming to the community of the beloved. The resurrection of Christ brings us together, black, white, Latino, Asian, gay, straight, rich, poor, educated, not educated, into the family of the church. 
the resurrection draws a circle wider of God's power and influence. The resurrection, you see, no one saw it. <laughs> Remember that. No one saw the resurrection. Click. Yet, its influence, its impact, the swells, the ripples have touched every one of us, whether we acknowledge it or not, has touched every one of us. Click. You see, no one saw the resurrection. But today, we're invited to be part of that great table. Today, you're invited to be part of the table of Jesus Christ. For this is not the table of the Presbyterian Church USA. This is the table of Jesus Christ. And the table of Jesus Christ, this one is too tiny. Because the table is large. And, and Jesus is inviting you. As Jesus rose from the dead, as Jesus gives forgiveness and forgets, you are called to be part of the table. You are called to be one with God. You are called to partake of this wonderful sample of feast that we are all invited to participate. For yeah, a few days before Jesus was betrayed, when all seemed bleak, where all seemed hopeless, and he even tried to get away from it. In that night, he was with his disciples, and he took the bread and he broke it. And he told his disciples, eat, for this is my body that is broken for you. In that same way, at the last supper, cup of the supper, he poured the cup. And as usual, he gave thanks to God, his Father. And he tells his disciple, drink, for this is the cup of my blood that has been shed for you. And this cup represents the elimination, the eradication, the erasement, the forgiveness of sin of the world. Therefore, every time you get together around the table and you eat this bread and, and, and you drink this cup, you proclaim my death and my resurrection. And one day, he said, he will come back for us. Christ's resurrection empowers you to come to the table. Christ's resurrection invites you to be part of the table. Christ's resurrection makes you worthy of the table. Would you then accept the gift from God and come forward to receive communion?